What's going on, hockey fans? Dan K. Lucas Jones, Dan K. Show on the road. I feel like it's been a while since we've done one of these, Lucas, but we've been traveling around. I lost my voice. It's apparently come back, which is pretty exciting, magically the next morning. And we are now at the final day of the Florida Showcase after a double-dip weekend. Little Chi-Town, Windy City, Little Florida, because how do I plan trips, Lucas? We always get our steaks and our sausages and our deep dish pizza first, and then we head to the beach to get into our bathing suits. And, you know, I don't know if it's the right way to plan a trip, but it is the right way to plan a showcase the way these two events went down for the USPHL. How fun were the last two two days for you guys? Oh, I mean... The, I just said you guys as if you're multiple people. Yeah. I was talking to Josh Boyd, who's off scene two, working hard, <laughs> and he was asking us if we wanted a door closed. As you can tell, we are here. We are not being held scenic. in captivity. Lucas, <laughs> Lucas, whenever he picks the scenery we tape in front of, it usually looks like we are in captivity, but we are not. We are just in the one quiet space. That's it. We're in the one. We're in the one quiet space because the Florida Showcase is actually pretty raucous. We had standing room only for a game yesterday between the Florida Eels and the Charlotte Rush. It was a huge, huge energy environment. Even the coaching staff at the end of the game was really impressed by the atmosphere here. And you gotta love the ability to pack a house like the Florida Showcase does. So you look at the event that we were. We've just been at the Florida event yeah. and. There were some really good games. We've been treated to a lot of pretty fantastic matchups. We have, and I'm going to go one more button up because I just feel like I was giving too much to the folks at home. I feel like I was putting out too much energy right now. Put it, And, you know, we look at this, Lucas. We look at this game. I hope I put the right button on. And this weekend, you start in Chicago, okay? And what do the showcases do in December? They allow us to begin to get into the real nitty-gritty of the power rankings and begin to understand what we believe is the tournament, right? The, the Nationals tournament. Right yep. now, I've already worked one out in my head of what I believe it might be. And then we start kind of targeting off of that. And what helps is teams get to prove us wrong, right? Right. Teams get to break into that mindset, break into what we think, what our thoughts are on a certain situation, and prove us wrong. And that's the exciting part, Lucas. And a few teams had a big weekend in Chicago. The biggest story from Chicago, though, was the craziness. Yet again, another showcase where nothing makes sense. <laughs> Let's six degrees of Kevin Bacon. Okay? Six degrees of Kevin Bacon. The Minnesota Moose. Okay? They beat the number one team in the nation, the Metro Jets. Correct. The Toledo Cherokee, right before the showcase, beat the number one team in the nation, the Metro Jets. Simple. Okay? Toledo and Minnesota must be better than Metro. They beat them on the ice. Okay, the Minnesota Moose, then they go and they lose to Toledo, and they lose to DFI, the Detroit Fighting Irish. Yep. The Detroit Fighting Irish, Lucas, they beat the Moose, but they lost to the Lake Erie Bighorns. The Toledo Cherokee, they lost to Northern Colorado, but they have beaten Metro on the schedule. Northern Colorado, they beat Wisconsin Rapids. They beat Toledo. Northern Colorado, though, they lost to the Minnesota Blue Ox. Which, by the six degrees of separation, might make the Minnesota Blue Ox the best team in the country. I don't know how it works, but potentially right now, because 
you have to start looking at it, okay? We start looking, and, and what I want to dive into, there's always so much Lucas behind the power rankings, right. right? And there's so much thought of how do you guys come to it? How do you guys how do you guys create these power rankings that wield so much power over the game of hockey? And, you know, first of all, we say, we didn't understand how much power they wielded until the <laughs> phone calls we started getting this season from scouts, from coaches, from players, from collegiate folks in the collegiate realm. It's been crazy. And we look at it, Lucas, when you look at an event like Chicago, what are some of the things that stood out for you as we walked through the schedule for the week? I think the thing that stood out for me the most was that chain of events. And not so much the specific ranking or order of teams that were winning or losing, but just how much a showcase format can be disruptive. Just how much you've got. Ooh, we got a live score coming. Scoring. This is why you do it now. This is why you tape it right at the end of the showcase. Because you get these live moments where we get an opportunity to see kind of what's happening around the league. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I, I think uh, as Josh Boyd with a, a little bit of a storyline for our Potomac Patriots discussion Ooh. a little bit later. But okay. Okay. The, I think the Chicago Showcase shows you how tough these showcases are, right? To come in, to have to travel, to play four games in three days against some of the best teams. And especially when you get the schedule in a yep. way where the teams are matched up against teams that they're, they're close to, you get some interesting results, I think. I think the, the best storyline for me is the Minnesota Blue Ox going 4-0. I think that is a yeah. huge boon to that team. And I think it, it validates, in a lot of ways, why they've been such a top team in our power rankings and defying the odds of the Midwest-West, which normally loses immediately. Yeah, and the Minnesota Blue Ox are the first team in the history now of the Dan Casio power rankings to have a chance to be in three consecutive months top tens. At no point... In the history of our power rankings, as a Midwest West team accomplished being in the top 10 yep. three straight months. Usually we pick them, they go on a losing streak, everyone hates us in that locality, and then we have to remake amends, tell them we love them all, and everything gets back to better, and they win games, and then it's good to go. It's a Dan K bump for the rest of the division. We, we put them in, they get bumped. The Blue Ox, though, 4 0 weekend at the showcase against a tough schedule. Lucas, another team I got to look at. We leave the Midwest West for a moment. The Northern Colorado Eagles. Their yep. only loss was to that Blue Ox team that was perfect on the weekend, but their schedule was tough, and they took care of business. They took care of Toledo. They took care of Wisconsin Rapids. Mm -hmm. A couple big wins for the boys from NOCO. I think it, it's it's flying the flag, right? Yeah. We talked to Brendan Price about this. Is that when you get a team from a, from a division like the Mountain Division and come out to the Chicago Showcase, you're bringing the flag of the division with you, and it allows us to then go back and power rank the other divisions, right, and, and be able to get a better sense of those. I think NOCO came out and took care of business. I think they look like a scary team as well. Yeah. I think them and Toledo maybe were the two scariest teams watching them in person where, you know, obviously you, you, take, your, you take your L's where you do, but I think that they have – Potentially the most raw talent of any two teams I've seen. And, you know, especially with NOCO, the ability of that team to play in transition, to switch between physicality and skill, I think was really, really impressive and really well suited for that event. And now what I want to break into now is how does Northern Colorado and their performance in Chicago affect a team over a thousand miles away in Utah? How does that happen? And that, Lucas, is where you get into... The Premier has over 60 teams competing, okay, folks? 60-plus teams. We boil it down to 10. We don't take the easy route and make the top 50. We don't make the top 25. We make the top 10, and we're strict with them. And we, we, 
we believe in this product that we've put together, mm-hmm. and, and we hold true to it. And when you look at what NOCO's performance means for a team like Utah, Utah right now is absolutely dominating everyone on the other side of the Mississippi, man. They are absolutely dominating out in the West Coast. This is a team that, if you look at the roster in Utah, they've got it all. They've got the defense. They're built from the net out, and they can play physical with you. What has NOCO done when they've come out? They've played physical. They've slowed games down. They've shut teams out. They've shut down offensive attacks around the country. Lucas, what I need you to understand here is, and to help the folks understand, what does that all mean? Well, I think what that means is is you can now base how good you think Utah and Ogden are based on how well NOCO did when they came out to Chicago. Yes. Right? Because the hardest part is trying to power rank divisions yeah. and trying to understand how teams that play a majority of in-division games might rank up against teams who play a majority of in-division games. So when NOCO comes out and they go 3-1, and one, only losing to the Blue Ox. Yep. That allows us to go back and look at that mountain division and look at Utah and Ogden, these two squads, and go, whoa, now hold on a second. Yeah. How good are these two teams in comparison to the rest of the country? We may have just seen that. Yeah, and it can have it can have adverse effects of performance from a team that came out of right. NOCO comes out and they go 0-4 at the showcase, right? And they're losing games against teams that are in the top 10, outside yep. the top 10. You then may look back at Utah and you may go, okay, we may have to reevaluate. We may have to dig back into the roster. We have to go back and watch more tape, more game footage mm-hmm. to see what we're really getting out of that Utah side. But right now, I think NOCO has helped solidify the campaign of Utah, who is at second overall nationally in the Dan K. Show Power Rankings last month. And this is a Utah team that hasn't stopped winning games. They've rolled off 11 straight. They continue to control things out in the Mountain Division. It's going to be fun to watch down the stretch, but... We keep digging through the Chicago showcase, Lucas. The Mullets go three and one. The Moose go three and one with that uh, two and two with the losses to DFI and Toledo, but a win over the number one team in the country, the Metro Jets. The Metro Jets. The funny thing is, they fall back to storyline number six or seven in this event by losing one game. Yeah, that's what happens when you build yourself to the mountaintop when you're number one. One loss, think about Bama in football, right? Mm -hmm. When Bama loses a football game, I feel like Tuscaloosa must shut down for a week. And that's where Metro's gotten themselves to. It's a a position where one loss feels like a dozen. They go three and one. They come out probably, I'll tell you what, I know Coach Q. I know Coach Lovell. I know Coach Serralo. They're probably coming out unhappy to be three and one. They want to come out of every event 4-0. But they battled with the Moose. It was a close game. They lost it late in overtime. Yeah, and I think they'll be the first ones to admit when they feel like something needs to be worked on when when something is not quite right according to them. And, you know, I, I think this, this winter break for them is going to be a little bit of a, a film-watching break. Not it's not going to be a lot of break. The best thing when something's not quite right. They have only dropped three points out of those. Like, they lost an OT to the Moose, so they get a point. They, mm-hmm. they lose to the, the Cherokee, but they pop the goal in late. They come back the next day, they win in overtime. Like... That's how high the standards it's are. It's crazy. Yeah. It's so hard to deal with because it's one of those situations where when you talk about it, it's easy as a fan to look at it and go, what do you mean? Like, what do you mean Metro's not here, not there? It's it's just standards, right? You build yourself to that place. We continue going through another 4-0 team from the weekend, Lucas, the Chicago Cougars. The Cougars go 4-0 out there in Chicago. You host the event. You want to get the wins. A good weekend for them. And you want to talk about a big weekend. MJDP, Chicago, play two different schedules there. The Cougars go 4-0. MJDP goes 0-4. 
And now that division, it's changed at the top. Yes, it has. That division looks a little bit more interesting after an event like this. And it's why the showcase weekends are so important, why coaches put such an onus on coming away with as many points as possible, right? You'll hear the word extract. How many points can you extract from a showcase? You're shooting for five to six at minimum to consider it a success. And right now, Chicago considering it a success at 8-0. And, Dan, I think one other team that I just want to highlight very quickly in Chicago. Highlight is three and one by the Vengeance. Pittsburgh. Baby. And I know a lot of people, a lot of broadcasters in our fantasy hockey group who have watched some Pittsburgh Vengeance games, who have broadcasted some Pittsburgh Vengeance games, say this is a very interesting team for them. And yeah. a team that they think is on the cusp right now of potentially being that Nationals contender. Yeah. And, I mean, we saw them in Detroit. And they didn't get a lot of respect at the beginning, but they certainly earned it by the end. Yeah, Rodney Dangerfield, no respect, man. And, and they come in, they battle. They were, they were a little less... They, they didn't have a full squad going for them. Right? Right. They had injuries. They were dealing with it. And now Coach Crock, this pitcher and vengeance side, they're just dip- they just play the game right on both ends. Mm-hmm. And they make it they, they, they make you have to play they have to make you you have to pass the puck well. You have to shoot you, you have to score when you get your opportunities. You're not gonna get a hundred right. shots on goal against this squad. You're gonna get fifteen chances, twenty chances, maybe five good ones. You gotta take advantage of your quality chances against Pittsburgh or they're gonna put you to it. Great weekend by the Vengeance. You know, you look at it right now. Detroit Fighting Irish come out of the event with three wins. Cincinnati Cyclones, disappointing weekend for them going 0-4, Lucas. And this is a team that was hot coming into the showcase and has kind of cooled off over the last two weeks. we got to move to Florida. we got to move to Florida right now, Lucas. We've got some games finishing up here in Florida, so we won't have every single result in this thing. But what I can tell you is we start in the Elite. You are watching the Dan K Show. Everything USPHL, from the NCDC to the Premier and Elite Leagues. The Dan K Show with Dan K and Lucas Jones. All right, hockey fans, now it's time to talk about the USPHL Elite Florida Showcase. We have the Florida Showcase with the Elite and the Premier. We want to start in the Elite. And Lucas, before we start talking about the Elite, before we start talking about the Showcase, on the count of three, I think we know who... Our MVP is here on Hockey TV working with us, helping out with everything in Florida. She does it all for the Junior Blades. Three, two, one. Sheila. Sheila's pretty cool. She did a great job. What a job by Hockey TV. What a job by Sheila. What a job by the whole team here in Florida, Lucas, to really put this thing together. 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 Come on, Dan. Let's go. And, you know, what I want to first start with, is just the attendance out here at the event, man, yep. in Florida. We've had some packed barns for some big-time matchups, and it's been so much fun. The energy in this building this weekend, Lucas, unmatched. It's incredible. I mean, like we said, we had standing room only for, for Eels Charlotte, where you know, you've know you got a lot of parents thinking that it might be a preview of something to come at the end of the season, so they came over and watched. You're getting people packed in for every single game. You've got people outside. Might have seen some folks tailgating in earlier games yeah, as well. They had, the, they had the big tent. They had the grill going a little bit. So it's it's been a really, really cool vibe here at the Florida Showcase. I absolutely love it, Lucas. And, you know, we got some free marketing material out of this trip. Yep. They, bought, they made a bunch of Dan K show in the swamp signs. And we just feel at home when we come down here, man. It's 
you know, ever since I've become an official Floridian and I wear my Gator hat, I'm Gator K now. You know, Gator K just loves his Floridians. And uh, a la <laughs> Lucas, on behalf of all the people of Florida, I'd like to just welcome you down here for this event. Oh, well, thank you. Uh, it is absolutely incredible. Um, I was very excited for this, as as you know. Oh, um, yes. And get the chance to hang out down here a couple days after the event as well. And personalized tour from Gator K over here. So this is uh this always tends to be the event that, that ends our our year schedule before we turn the calendar over. It does and before we turn the calendar over, let's talk about the calendar of matchups that went on this weekend. Lucas, I gotta start. A team went eight and oh. And you lead premier a team went eight and oh. Yep. And they let us know about it and they chirped us and I was told specifically by them that they felt like they might have earned it. Because I said on the on a Power Rankings episode that we need to see them earn it. We need to see them earn it. I tried to give the boys a wake-up a, a wake up call. And the Charlotte Rush went 8-0, and they told me, I think we might have earned it. Yeah, I, I think they might have earned it too. You, you, it's tough to go 8-0, right? To have both of your teams drive down here and, and compete at the level they did against the level of competition that's down here. I mean, those Florida Eagles games in of themselves felt like a showcase with yeah. how long that game went on cool. for. And, you know, I think the one thing for Charlotte is they are motivated by adversity. And I think that's a, a skill and a, and a quality of theirs that they'll tell you successful teams will have. And when you yeah. see a successful team, they are likely motivated by that adversity. They're motivated by people who tell them they can't or they're not enough. And and Charlotte came out here and they proved that they're about to earn this little this uh, little break. Yeah, Lucas, and we'll get to that Florida Eels-Charlotte Rush matchup in the premiere. But first, the Rush go 4-0 in the Elite. Smulovich has to be excited, right? Has to be happy. This team was sitting at number one in the power rankings. Looks like they might remain there because – the next team down in line, the Richmond Generals, they got five points out of the weekend, but only two wins in this one. They had that that overtime loss to the Tampa Bay Juniors there, and the mm-hmm. uh, shootout loss to the Tampa Bay Juniors, and two wins that come out of the showcase. How do you think you're feeling if you're Coach RC liking his boys from Richmond? I mean, not particularly happy. I think you know we talked in the the first segment about extracting points from these events, right? So in the points column, you're certainly not upset, but I think. You know, you're looking for some more statements here because these are teams you're going to be, you know, that, that you're constantly measuring your success against, right? And and while some of the some of the games are outside your division, you want to represent your division well. Yeah. And I think that's a personal point of pride for a lot of these guys. And you know, yes, while you may be okay with the points, the the games I think is certainly going to be another instance of we're going to work on a few things. Yeah, and then you go to go to our host, the Florida Junior Blades. We had a nice conversation with the boys. Yeah, we're going to be calling their game right after we're done taping this. It's going to be their final game of the showcase, but they're coming into their final game 0 three. You'll know the result by now, but you know, the boys said, "Guys, this is just a blip. This yep. is a blip. Don't think about it. Don't worry about a thing. The boys are going to get it together. We're going to get the break in." and we're going to be putting up some wins. Yeah, and that's exactly what you want to hear, right? So, again, you talk about when you're faced with adversity, how do you respond? Yep. These guys are responding with optimism, right? They're like, look, we're the right crew, man. That's it. It's And that shows you that the, the guys who make up the team, the personalities are so important. There's a lot of camaraderie there. They're joking around. You know, they're hanging out between games. That's what you want to see. That's what builds that success. I'm excited to watch the game. Yeah. You Like I said, you guys will know what happens. We don't know quite yet. There's a reason why we came down here for one game. Those guys brought us out for one game. Mr. Philoramo filling up nets for the Junior Blades. Carolina 3-0. They're playing the Eels right now in their yep. final game of the weekend. The Junior Canes elite, man. 
They're difficult to deal with. They've got a lot of depth at the elite level. That's where they win. They kind of drag you down. They, they wear you out. They, they just kind of grind you into dust. Yeah, and that's you know one of the things that you love about that team, right, is, is they're very comfortable playing close games, which I think makes them dangerous, especially at the elite level. At the elite level, sometimes those close games are really difficult for, for a lot of these teams because a lot of young players, right? Yeah. So, But the, this Carolina Junior Canes team is filled with players who are kind of wise beyond their years, it seems like, in terms of the way they play the game of hockey and a lot of stick-to-itiveness, and I think that's going to serve them down the stretch. Serving them down the stretch, Tampa Bay gets two wins out of the weekend. Potomac guarantees two. Right now they're in a tie game with the Florida Junior Blades as we tape, Lucas. Uh, you look at, you know, this IHC team comes down to get two wins. They lose to Hampton Roads and the Florida Eels. I'm interested to see, Lucas, you have your J rating. Mm-hmm. I'm interested to see what those losses to the Eels and Hampton Roads Railers might do to the numbers in that J rating. Yeah, I- I'm excited to see, too. I mean, one of the, the things that we did with the J rating was we ensured that you'd properly weight the divisions, right? And so every time you get these cross-division games, you're able to do that a little bit better, yeah. right? So that only informs the J rating to be a little bit higher. I'm expecting some big movement. I think that's yeah, the one for sure. thing. For sure. It's going to happen. And we go to the premiere now. Go to the premiere. Carolina, one win out of the weekend. They lose to the Palm Beach Typhoon. And I want to start there. The Palm Beach Typhoon, they went one and three this weekend, right? Mm-hmm. They come out with three losses. But you can see in the Elite and Premier the steps being taken by the by Coach Flanagan and Coach Flanagan. Coach Flanagan's, <laughs> you know, and, and Bay and Joe out there. And, you know, you can see the steps being taken. And what people talked about with Palm Beach this week when we were talking with the coaching staffs, they're a rough team to deal with, man. They just, they're just grind you down. Another team that's just tough to deal with defensively. Exactly. And I think sometimes we end up with, with Vegas Golden Knights syndrome where a team comes in and you expect them to be incredible off the drop. Yep. Right? And and I think the big thing is you go back and you look at the way these games are played. You look at the final scores. look at the score sheets. These games are close. The Palm Beach Typhoon are making really positive steps. They've got to win in this weekend. That's super important for them. And I yep. think it's a really good message. Again, you talk about what you come in and out of the break with, and I think it's a good way to send the guys off to the break. 100%. And you look at the weekend here, you have two teams that go 4-0 and in the premiere. you got the Charlotte Rush and the Hampton Roads Whalers. And, you know, it felt more like the Eels were the Rush's biggest uh, enemy of all time. But we know how the Whalers and the, and the Rush feel about one another. Both come out of here 4-0. No one makes up a point on the other one in a perfect weekend. It looks like things are kind of... You know how like nature's resetting itself in hockey, <laughs> hockey world, yep. and, and Hampton Roads and Charlotte Rush are back to being the tops of the tops right now in the southeast with the way they're battling. Well, I, I think you know it's that blip, right? It's just yeah. a blip right now, and and these two teams, I mean, they look really good. There is there is something to be said for not getting too deep into the numbers. As people who got into the numbers this year with the J rating, you have to pull yourself out of it a little bit. And you have to come out and watch some games. You have to watch some games on hockey TV to really get a sense of how good these these teams are. And, yeah. and Hampton Roads especially, they were number two two months ago and then dropped out of the power rankings this past month. I think that they saw what happened. They made some corrections. This is a team that looks incredibly well-balanced with an incredibly deadly in moments where they're able to capitalize on opportunities, because especially in the Premier, Dan, you know, opportunities can be few and far between. Yeah, the game of the weekend was the Florida Eels and the Charlotte Rush, and it felt like a Yankees-Red Sox game because I think it is un- unofficially four hours long. Yep. These two teams battled till the end. The Eels go 2-2. Two and two. This is the last team we'll talk about before we close things out because we got to go call a hockey game. Lucas, 
that Florida Eels team, the net minding is unbelievable. But how do they do the rest? Uh, they they did the rest through through sheer grit. It felt yeah. like at some points, right? And and you talk about a game filled with a lot of emotions, as Coach Schwab said that it was going to come down to the team who managed their emotions well. And I think the big thing for the Eels is every year they've got a team full of really potent skaters and scorers. And I think this is a year where not only do they have that, but they have a group of guys who who literally feel like they play as left hand, right hand. They're yep. one single unit. They can mix and match lines. The coaching staff. Is, is diving deep into the X's and O's. They are really in there figuring it out, and they've got some surprises up their sleeve. Well, how about Aaron Davidson? I mean, oh. Aaron Davidson was bigger than the rink yesterday. Okay, yep. we're calling a hockey game, and the young man was in the penalty box. Leaning over. He's leaning over the glass, watching. Over the glass. He's six foot nine inches tall. Kid's a monster. It's incredible to watch. So fun to see him play. Mm-hmm. And then last year I started the Jack Rogers fan club. This year, I am officially starting the Damon Kiwasu fan club with the Florida Eels. Kiwasu is a speedster. Tell you, he's Hags. He's Carl Hags. He reminds me of a young mm-hmm. Hags, and he just gets out there and he plays. This is one of the un- most underrated players in the country. You want to talk about underrated? Talk about Kiwasu. Or you talk about Bessie Lampin with the uh, Palm Beach Typhoon, who every coach in here said, "My gosh, that kid is good." Who mm-hmm. is Bessie Lampin? Incredible weekend. We had fun. We hope you did. Thank you so much to John Schwartz and the whole Schwartz family. Schwartz, 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 Schwartz. And the Chicago Cougars. Ah, Cougars, 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 Cougars for bringing us into Chicago. Thank you to the Florida Junior Blades, the incredible organization here. It just, it takes a village to get things done right. And it was done right this weekend. It was done right in Chicago. It was done right in Florida. And you can tell what it is, Lucas. I'm excited. How about you, parting words, before we go call a broadcast? My voice is back. I'm so excited. It's not all the way there, but it's somewhat coming back, and I can talk again. I lost it halfway through the trip, but now I have enough of a voice to thank all of our partners. Thank you to everybody who supports the Dan K Show. Get out there and vote in the hashtag Holiday Follow Challenge when Dan K's on the mic. It's always hockey night. we got to leave the rink. we got to go call a game, and then we got to go play golf. So it's time to go. See you guys later.